Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 155 of the Magic Beans podcast. My name is Cracker, and I will be your host, and I'm joined this week by my good mate, Chewy. How you doing? Good, mate. Just you and I again. Just, you know, Ooh. only ones dipping the oar in around here. Gosh. That's, that's it. Well, in some good news, Shorty has finally tested negative to the Rona. Yeah, I hope uh, you're on the men, Shorty. It's, uh... Yeah. It, yeah, when you it's when you've it's been beating him up, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, he dodged it for a really long time, and uh, he did. It seems like it uh, it was just working itself up to uh, to to get him a good one, and uh, got him with a good right hook. That's for sure. So, yeah, hope you're feeling better, mate. And at least you're done before Christmas, right? Exactly right. Yeah, it's a uh, not the best time of year to. Uh, uh, not the best time of year to feel unwell. No, definitely no. not. And uh, Stu is just uh, asleep on the couch again. So, yeah, un- un- unreliable <laughs> is a word that Whoa. comes to mind. Uh, just That's, like that feels a-, a bit harsh. A- absent, you know. Just no, no. He's uh, as we mentioned on the the cast the other week. Uh, Stu's work has been smashed with uh, with aforementioned coronavirus and i think he's like he's got to drive like three hours or something just to get to his job tomorrow so he's got a very very early start so uh he'll be listening to this on the road somewhere too so yeah uh all ribbing in good fun mate drive safe and uh have you back on the cast soon well not that soon this is gonna be the last one for the year i think mate i think i think this might be our our final one is the 15th of december as we're recording this uh, and I don't imagine we'll get another one in next week. No, probably not. It'll be like Christmas Eve Eve, and we'll be in full mm-hmm. family swing. Uh, we'll all be together at some point over Christmas, so there might be some sort of cobbled together thing, but we don't have anything like locked in yet, but it is, I guess, a possibility, so we'll see, but can't make any promises. But, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a year. Uh, a massive year for the Beans. It's been really exciting. Uh, and, yeah, we'll be taking a, a well-earned rest and, you know, doing the, the Christmas holiday thing with the family, which is which is great. I've got a little bit of time off, not as much as I would like. What about you, Matt? Have you got some time off? Uh, I do, yeah. i got a couple of weeks. I was uh, I was describing to Lior because he was trying to understand when I said he could do things in the holidays, what that meant. And so we were looking at the calendar on my phone in bed and, and uh, you know, I was showing him that he had, you know, like the next five weeks off or whatever he gets, six weeks or something like that, you know. And I was like, and I get this. And I showed him my two weeks. And he's like, well, that's not very much. I'm like, no, mate, it's it's not. That's, <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks for pointing that out. And apparently, t- riddle me this, Chewy. How do, how do kids have curriculum day tomorrow? Oh what? What cu- what curriculum are they working on for the last four days? That's the teachers the having year. a chance to, you know, because yeah, I tell you, they got to get that Christmas shopping in before do. the weekend. They apparently, do. yeah, that's, I'm, uh, I'm tipping it was teachers' payday today, uh, yeah, and then yeah, yeah, they're off to get uh, off to get their Christmas shopping before last minute things. Yeah, unbelievable. So last yeah, my minute, whole family's at home the, tomorrow. Now's the time to start shopping, mate. Yeah, is it? Uh, <laughs> no, no. There's been a few Amazon packages arrive at my door, so which is which is pretty good. But uh, yeah, it's if you're still a student, and mm. you know there there are times where you know work well, like life seems hard. Just remember, you get six weeks off for Christmas. We're lucky if we get two. Right, so enjoy it whilst uh-huh. you can, and yep. yeah, enjoy your freedom. Yeah. 
Anyway. Uh, and enough old men yelling in the clouds. Um, <laughs> so last week we should, we're talking about what we're going to do tonight and we figured we'd do kind of a bit of a recap, but the the most recent thing that we got to, we got to talk about was our envy last week, which was massive was a monster day to say the least. It was like, I, I know we were at the quote unquote studio for mm. 12-ish hours uh, mm-hmm. I think yep. the stream was about nine and a half total hours, yep. something like that. Yeah, and we covered a lot of matches, and that was that was matches joined uh, during game three. That was uh, recording. We were recording. Some th- of them were at one hundred and fifty percent. Yeah, we, we speed ran them. It was next level, right? So we had three PCs: the stream PC, your PC, Shorty's PC, all recording matches. So our players were were streaming them. Uh, and, and recording them, and we were then, like, grabbing them, playing back, and, and commentating on them. Uh, the only issues we had were some uh, internet issues, not uh, not with the stream itself, but, we, yeah, we had a couple of dropouts, which was unfortunate. But uh, apart from that, I thought it ran really smoothly, given that we introduced some new things. We covered we covered more matches last mm-hmm. week than we've ever covered before in a, in a stream. It was... It was hectic, and given that it was you and I who spent the majority of time in the booth, you know, Stu uh, certainly put in a shift, and shout out to Ties for uh, dialing in from WA and providing some great commentary and even a giveaway, which was awesome. Uh, he, yeah, it was unreal. Yeah, it was great. Uh, you know, we talked a lot, man. Like, it was it was a day. and It was. Oh, but it was sick like it was so many good games of magic the decks were interesting uh there was a lot of storylines with our players and yeah, it was a really really good day of magic how did you find it what's what what's your like enduring memory sort of lesson uh, later i mean so the the games were just a lot right like they were i mean when you're going into it, it was going to be like just mid-range slugfests and it just was mm-hmm. like there, there were some games that were kind of non-events where people mulliganed or didn't hit third lands and all that sort of stuff. But for the most part, it was just giant back and forth battles, which was like, it was really interesting. It, it, uh, it there was a lot to talk about at all times. Like even though they were long, they weren't boring. Like I wasn't ever disinterested. Like there have certainly been matches of magic where like in a control mirror or something like that, or, you know, like sometimes the, the games can take forever, even though you kind of know what's going to happen for a long time. But some of these games, man, just turned on their head. It was kind of nuts. So that's that's kind of one of the, the main things, I guess. There was some top decks from one particular player who may or may not be the 2022 Envy <laughs> champion uh, that just uh, yes. absolutely uh, got me out of my seat. Honestly, there was a Archangel of Wrath off the top, and then there was a series of top decks whilst on one life against Mono Red. And uh, I, I, to be fair, I'd written, I'd written him off, and it was like, okay, we're gonna have Mono Red in the finals. Well, yeah, uh, but no, it wasn't. Just wasn't to be. Sometimes it's just your day, and you play to your outs, and like it's not, it's not all luck. Um, but you know, sometimes you play to your outs, and, and the outs come up, and it, it was a. Uh, it was really fun to cover, uh, and mm-hmm. I, I hope it was is you know at least half as enjoyable to to watch for those that were tuning in. But uh, yeah, so that yeah. that was what I enjoyed. It was a bit like uh, some of those mid range battles. It was a bit like fishing 
right? Where to the layman, it might seem like there's like long periods of inactivity, but there's actually a lot going on where you're, you know, you're, you're hunting, you're gathering the right bait in the right resources and you make sure you got the right gear and the right position. So there's this like jostling and then all of a sudden, bang, you get the fish on the hook and then a lot happens in a really short space of time. A lot can go wrong and you need things to go right for you and then you eventually land the fish. That's what those mid-range battles are like where there's a lot of, you know, let's trade resources, let's see what you value, uh, what's important for your deck, what, how do I attack your deck, what what is bait for your removal versus um, what can I land and then all of a sudden, bang, I've got an angle, I'm going to go for the win how do I do this? Let's execute this as efficiently as possible. And uh, we saw that over and over again. And yeah, it was great fun. It was, it was really good. It wasn't a mid-range slog fest where there were just, you know, armies of creatures like staring across the table, like Dragon Ball style, just no, like growling no, there, at each other. There was, there was activity all the time. Yeah, the there game was constantly kind of- progressing. Yeah, which, yeah. and you know, I think our players did a really good job in trying to navigate multiple turns ahead and, you know, working out who, like, you know, who was the beatdown changed really quickly based on, like, a removal spell that you drew and things. So, like, there were a lot of really complicated decisions to be made, especially, you know, we're talking with Hemsy in the chat um, and then in Discord afterwards and he's just saying, like, the Grixis deck just has so many choices. And it did. Like, I actually thought that the Grixis decks on paper looked like they were probably the strongest positioned but it's just the the problem with giving yourself the biggest amount of decisions to make is that once you played six rounds of magic (laughs) the decisions get really hard and uh you know you you open yourself up to just making mistakes yeah like if you say you know the average player get i don't know like complete like anecdotal like pie in the sky numbers if you get 10 percent of decisions wrong if you have double the amount of decisions to than what your opponent has, then you're mm-hmm. going to make twice as many mistakes, right? So yep. it, you're also going to get twice as many things right, but there's also that that greater um, that greater volume of mistakes can snowball. And yeah, yeah. for sure. So and, and the challenge there was that like everyone was excellent. Like all of the players in this field were like unreal good at the game. That's why they're and in the, the cards are well that's right. But and the cards are so powerful that you just can't afford to make mistakes. Like one, you can get away with two and three, you just get buried. So, but yeah, congratulations to Plunks, who was the ultimate winner with the the um, comeback story, having lost in the first round to Wonga Sith. Yeah, in the Mardu the lower bracket. mirror. Yeah. yeah, and then just battling their way through. Uh, that was, yeah, it was a good storyline. It was. And look, huge congratulations to, to Wanga Sith as well in second, who didn't drop a game, let alone a match, until the finals, which is kind of insane. Yeah, so absolutely. Very, very, very well played. Absolutely. And uh, Hamurai as well, uh, who yep. had a... I think we probably made the mistake that everybody makes against Mono Red and kind of underestimated it a little bit, thinking, oh, you know, there's too many Shieldreds and Archangels of Wrath here decks you know probably not the right choice and uh you know i i gave myself a double serving of humble pie hamurai so you know you clearly knew your way around that deck got underneath a lot of the decks and yeah absolutely crushed it 
and you know just fell at the penultimate hurdle so uh great representation as well and for you know we've seen plunks a lot on coverage uh in different finals mm-hmm. and, and things but uh hamurai and wangasith always been there and thereabouts uh in in our finals but not not making those like top eights and uh really sort of making their stamp on our tournament series they've definitely done that yeah 100 percent yeah I think your your intro videos, which were great, by the way, actually stated that you know they were both kind of quite. Uh, yeah, they they chose the envy to really you know flex on the rest of the field. So uh, just pretty good time to do it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, when there's three grand worth of cash and prizes up for grabs, better time mm-hmm. than uh, it's. There's no better time. Yeah, correct. I think outside of those, my favorite memory because i just didn't see it coming was when jedis was playing against sarah soldiers and he cast the oh i'm gonna get the name wrong the worm yeah the big Phyrexian thing the, yep mm-hmm. yep and he just mind twisted her <laughs> he played like uh i think either six or eight black and just she discarded her whole hand yeah and then he had a five six in play pretty gas that was under yeah. that card overperformed all day. Yeah, it. I mean, it's such a, such a powerful card, and you kind of look at it and you're like, oh, yeah, it's just a big dumb thing, limited bomb maybe, but like it's it's great for as long as the format stays, you know, mid range. That is definitely a card that you want. So mm-hmm. yeah, really really powerful, and um, yeah, great plays by Jedi's, and that's why he's the you know what was the reigning Envy champ. So. But yeah, uh, we've now got Plunks. So Plunks is Envy Champ number three, and yeah, stoked with that. And I said in the uh, in the build up to the final match that my head said uh, Wonka Sith, uh, based on them just like not dropping a game and just being on mm-hmm. fire. But my heart said Plunksy because yeah, we recently hung out with Plunksy and you know got to know him a bit. So it's great to see someone that you you know, have spent some time with do well. So congratulations on being the 2022 Magic Beans Invitational Champ. So that's, uh, you'll get that forever. You've already got the playmat. Trophy's coming. You can work with Pat on the, uh, work with Pat on, on his token. the token. Yeah. But uh, mm. yeah, speaking of Pat. Yeah. They are our sponsor. We haven't sponsor. done that yet, have we? No, we have not. So <laughs> I just completely forgot. We got so excited. We have. Yeah. So our tournament series and- uh, this podcast, everything we do at the Magic Beans is brought to you by Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. They're a Facebook auction group. Uh, they have nightly auctions as well as Win It Now posts, premium auctions on the weekends. Uh, all you need to do is go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au and get bidding. Uh, you'll pick up physical Magic cards at ultra competitive prices, often below what you'll find them for online or paying retail. And when you do win, just Tell them that the bean sent you. Nice. Well done. So, as always with Magic, we are into the next set already, mate. Didn't take long, Somehow. did it? No, it didn't. It, uh, the, it was a very short window between the whatever the previous one. I don't know. I've given up trying to keep up with it, or everything that's previewed is. But um, we've kind of got the, the last set in this arc with the Phyrexians. Uh, being the big bads for the last couple of years kind of lurking in the shadows. And we are now up to the next set called Phyrexia. All will be one. Mm. And we've got the first five cards, a bunch of 
insane looking lens, which I would highly recommend to go on and check out. I feel but like we, we say thought, this every set. Like the base, I mean, the, the basics the, are beautiful, they, but they these do. are like, like the the Phyrexian full art lands are great. Even yeah. like the regular full art ones, not the you know special mm-hmm. edition ones. Even those are beautiful. Uh, so yeah, like this set's such from an art perspective, at least shaping up to be a banger. It sure is. So yeah, we've got uh, yeah five cards that we've seen, and. I mean, we might as well start with the fifth Praetor, which is Elish Norn, Mother of Machines. So Elish Norn is four and a white for a four seven with a vigilance. And it says, if a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Permanents entering the battlefield don't cause abilities of permanents your opponents control to trigger. So this is a panharmonicon on a body it's a panharmonicon for you and a torpor orb for your opponents mm-hmm. and it's a four seven which you know elish has been a four seven in the past so nice Correct. nice callback yep. and at with vigilance as well so it's got that elish Norn flavor that the art's epic it's very cool uh mm-hmm. but yeah when you've got a lot of things with come into play abilities uh in standard like, I don't know, Fable of a Breaker. Uh, this seems okay. Uh, I'm a, actually, I don't know if Fable works. I'm going to play with a... No. No, it'll go straight to chapter no, no, fa- two. Yeah. yeah. Fa- fa- Fable will still work because yeah. it's um, it's not triggering off an enters the battlefield yeah. effect. But, you know, this will shut down like your Titans and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, a five-minute four-seven... Vigilance, mm-hmm. are pretty good, right? So it's also uh, it doesn't tangle very well with old mate Sheldred, but it is a a build around. You know, this is you know that uh, comes into playability um, archetype is always uh, something that that people are looking for. Uh, we we're just talking before the cast. Uh, I'd just gotten mm-hmm. a a package from Pat that had some stuff from my new Brago <laughs> commander deck that I'm putting together to play over Christmas. So, uh, Elish Norn Mother of Machines just might go in there. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, got to get those mold drifter triggers, mate. So, so the only question is which of the six arts that exist for this card are you going to use? Whichever one's the cheapest. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are, there, they have gone absolutely insane with the arts. For this one, there there are many many uh, yeah. varieties, but um, the oil it, slick foils look pretty good, by the way. Yeah, they they all look pretty good, um, including the one with the Phyrexian text, which is pretty pretty great. Yeah, absolutely. So, but yeah, so I, I, this card is clearly insane in Commander. I think that kind of goes without saying. Yeah. Um, any, and yeah, like you said, this this feels like it wants to be in the top end of a link deck or or something that's you know it makes me think of like blue white or maybe esper where you might get some uh drain triggers we've seen uh things entering the battlefield and draining your opponents for one so whether you can double up on those kind of things uh are the sorts of effects that you start to look for or yeah like mold drifter is kind of the classic or man of war you know things where you can that sort of stuff would be great yeah yeah yeah. chupacabra is probably the yeah the more recent version of that but anything that will you know has yeah Clearly, an enters the battlefield effect where you get to like kill a creature, 
draw cards, remove a, you know, bounce a creature, whatever it might be. Something that has an immediate effect on the board. Getting two of those is pretty insane. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I horribly misunderestimated Shielded when we first looked at that. It just didn't seem like the stats lined up and, you know, that it was going to be good enough. And clearly, oh, <laughs> clearly I, that's not the case. We weren't alone there. I think, I, no, no. I, I do I, remember I that because I'm like, oh, guys, I think this is I, – I, I'm not – I didn't think it oh, – look, I didn't think it was as good as it turned out to be, but I remember that conversation where it's like, I think it's better than you think it is. But – and then we were like – uh, it probably needs a deck, I was, and it's like, well, yeah. we didn't realize how strong no, black no. was at the time. Well, yeah, I mean, we kind of knew that it just fitted into that shell. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was probably just mad because it didn't do reanimated things, like old children, yeah, <laughs> like, like yeah. the original one. And look, but, this um, one doesn't kill your opponent's creatures and and pump your own pump like yeah, like the old one no, did as well. Like no. it, it is a step down in mana value and therefore overall power. But I. Mm-hmm. Five mana, four, seven vigilance is probably playable in standard. It's not going to see play, uh, unlikely to see play in like Explorer. Definitely not modern. Like it just, it's not cut out for that. Where Sheldred's Mm -hmm. starting to crop up in Explorer Pioneer um, Mm -hmm. things as well. So I don't think it's on that level, but I still think this is good. And if it has the support, I could definitely see this being in a deck. Yeah, I, I think that's the main thing, right? Shieldred ended up being just like incidentally really good and you didn't need to get many triggers out of it for it to be super strong. And like going unanswered, it, it just beats down. And like, I mean, we've we've seen, watch the Envy. There's nine hours of Shieldred, okay? <laughs> A little bit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if, if you want to see what that card does and why it's so good, then that's, that's why. This one is never going to be incidentally good. You can't just put this in a deck and go, well, like this, the base stats are okay. And I've got two creatures that have, like I'm going to play in Mardu and get an extra blood token from my blood tithe harvester. I mean, that's not going to be a thing. No, it, this it's going to have to do a lot more. Yeah, that, this so. this is a pillar of a potential archetype. And if that archetype is supported, uh, and this may be something that you need to keep an eye on post-rotation. So it might- might not be great here, but as you know, other sets ro- start to roll out and new sets come in, we might see more support for this, and all of a sudden it'll spring up and become good. So, you know, people will speculate on it. Maybe it's cheap; they'll buy it, and then it'll become really good down the track. Hashtag MTG yeah, look, or, or maybe it doesn't. You know, yeah. like we we just don't see um, Jinka Taxis doesn't see play. It did very briefly. Uh, we don't see Urabrask at all. I don't think I've ever seen that cast. So, like, just because it's a Praetor and just because the original was incredibly strong and obviously, you know, Sheldred is what it is, it doesn't mean that this is going to be, like, a standard staple. No. But it's certainly... But I see it a bit more um, like Vorinclex, where it had a niche. Was a role player. And, yeah, and it was very good at what it did specifically, but it wasn't just a good card. Like, Sheldred, you just play... If, you, if you've got Black Manor in your deck... You should probably play Shieldred, right? Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So, moving on from Elish Norn, we've got, and I wonder if this is going to be a return to the cycle, mate. We've got a card here called Blue Sun's Twilight. So, this is Blue Blue X, and it's a, it's a sorcery. It says, gain control of target creature with mana value X or less. If X is five or more, create a token that's a copy of that creature. Ooh. So... Blue Sun Zenith is a card that you and I have played a bunch from the original Kamigawa block. It draws cards. 
drew many cards. And the Black Sun Zenith put minus counters on it. The red one yep. did... Was an X spell for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all X spells. Yeah, like, oh, sorry, next damage spell. Mm-hmm. Can't remember what the white think, or green I think one the white did. one made 1-1 one, one tokens and the green one put plus one, plus one counters. Something maybe? like that. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter. The, the, the blue, blue and the suns and the black suns were the ones that pulled. play. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So, so this one's this one doesn't shuffle back in importantly oh, like yeah. the originals yeah. did. But it's uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting control magic. So uh, in a four mana, steal a you know two drop. You know it doesn't scale so well. But once you hit five, if you can cast this seven mana sorcery, you expect it to be powerful, right? So if you you can steal something and then get two of them. That's that's pretty good. So I, I like it. And it doesn't have that, um, you know, the same you know, Mind Flayer weakness where, you know, if you kill the, the Mind Flayer, they get the back. This just gains control of it. It's yeah, it's, it thing. doesn't have the, yeah, the grafted identity thing where you can pop the um, enchantment and then get it back. And with Besaidu's running around, that's not, Super hard to do for a lot of decks. Yeah, exactly. So, um, again, this is hard to evaluate, especially with five cards <laughs> known. Currently, I don't think there's a deck that would play a lot of it. It might be a one or two of it. Might be something that comes in from from the sideboard. I I feel like I feel like this wants to go into like some sort of artifact rampy deck if there ends up being a thing. So hear me out, cracker. Go for it. Modern. Hmm. The return of mono blue, huh? Okay, huh? okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? And you can you can steal people's like elemental. Okay, I don't know. I'm just I don't know. I I, I love mono blue Tron. I, I always want it to be good. It never is. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is you know a bit of fun with it. But uh, I, I think this card's interesting. Sideboard card, uh, limited bomb potential mm-hmm. to be depending on how the format shakes out. You know, might be you know, in some low numbers in the main deck of specifics. But yeah, also has the potential to be a 10 cent rare. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. So next card, we have a reprint. Oh boy. Now I, I never played with this. Uh, like, I've only I've ever played cl- with it in cube. I, I wasn't okay. playing at the time when the, you know, that, that Phyrexian set initially came out. Um, I was having a bit of a hiatus, but uh, yeah. So black has been a, a strong color. There's been a lot of reasons to play black, and there's we've talked about Shieldred. So the four drop slot in black decks is kind of squared up. Like you know, mm-hmm. it would take it would take a really powerful four drop black spell to get me interested, and and I think I'm interested, Cracker. Yeah. Well, this one, Phyrexian Obliterator. So it is. Black, 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 black for a 5-5 five, five with Trample. Uh, it does have some other text. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> whenever, oh, yes, it whenever does. Whenever a source deals damage to Phyrexian Obliterated, that source's controller sacrifices that many permanents. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, oh, boy. So, uh, this, this so card Mono is- Red can never beat this card. No, Mono Red has a lot of trouble beating this card. Uh, so do green decks that just want to- and white decks that- can't find any exile removal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this card is problematic. It's got a very difficult mana cost, but with the 
the black base that we've seen with the Invoke Despairs. You know, people are already playing cards that have got four black pips. There's treasures. Well, J- JMUD was running just straight mono black yeah, in the Envy. Yeah. And it actually looked good. Yeah, it did. It did. And, I mean, from Evolve Sleeper to Underdogs to Graveyard Trespassers to this, like, wow. Like, that, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then followed up with a couple of invokes, and you know that's game done, right? So, yeah, this is this is a, a really really powerful magic card. That given that we've got a uh, a strong showing uh, a a black meta game, effectively, uh, this is uh, this is something that is going to slot into decks. Uh, how many people play? It is competing in the four drop slot with a card that is obviously very good uh but yeah this is uh this thing's a powerhouse man it's a, this thing's scary it's a mythic thank goodness from a, a a limited perspective but yeah it's uh it's it's a beta i i played mm-hmm. i've actually played more phyrexian negator which this is kind of the the bigger badder brother of and the negator actually had the same clause but flipped so if it get dealt damage you had to sacrifice that many permanents but mm-hmm. i played it in vintage where you like just like turn one dark ritual five five trampler let's go uh and then back it up with your thought seizers and um duresses and get the job done that way but yeah uh I, i've done that and i've had an opponent just go okay uh lightning bolt it <laughs> so my, my swamp and my negator just go to the bin and i pass the turn sadly uh but this yeah, flipping that clause. Oh, I'm excited by mm-hmm. this card. I'm really excited by it. Yeah, there, there's no question about whether this one will see play. Uh, it, yeah, it just it will. Just will. It, yeah. it will be jammed into many decks, and it will be correct. Yeah, uh, I hope we see some exile removal in the uh, chimp cheek in every color. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So yeah, uh, only six right. mana to steal it with Blue Sun's Twilight. I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna do a lot of damage before then, isn't it? It really is. Yep. Okay, so the next card we've got is is a return of a, a Planeswalker we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, I've only seen him once, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this is Koth. Koth, Fire of Resistance. He is two red red for a legendary Planeswalker Koth. He has four starting loyalty, uh, plus two. Search your library for a basic mountain card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle. Minus three, Koth deals damage to target creature equal to the number of mountains you control. And then minus seven, whenever you, whenever a mountain enters the battlefield under your control, this emblem deals four damage to any target. There's a couple of things about this card that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. I would love the idea of a big red deck, uh, something where... You know, it was not like your traditional like monastery swift spear, uh, lightning strike type build, but you know that slower, heavy hitter, more mid range type type lists. I I've enjoyed those. So big red, chunky red in more recent times have been known as, um, yeah, something like that would be great uh, as a as an archetype to return to and playing this on four. Minus string to kill something. Next turn, plussing it to get your fifth land to play, you know, uh, a, a, a dragon or another planeswalker or something like that would be cool. 
and then you can just tick up from there, keep playing your land drops, play some X spells, lets you double spell. It's yes, you're finding lands, but it's it's a constant stream of card advantage. Uh, and then ultimately ultimating. Like that is appealing. Uh, I don't know if that keeps up with what else is happening yeah. in the format. Uh, and I don't know if there's the support for it. And, you know, with the how good the other colors are compared to red, can you actually play a mono red deck? You know, it says get basic mountains, but it does mm-hmm. deal damage equal to the number of mountains you control. So you can play other colors that you, but have a high number of basic mountains. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's a cool card. But it's not it's not gonna kinda break into standard, I don't yeah. think. Unless we see something else that comes out of it. No, I, I have to agree. Like I it it stacked up ten years ago. <laughs> just I just don't think it does it just doesn't do enough. And interestingly, this is actually a rare and not a mythic planeswalker. So obviously not the first time we've seen that, but for you know yeah. That's usually when we have multiple versions. So maybe we'll get like a mythic Koth as well, who might be better. I don't know. Potentially. But it's just it's um it's just it just kinda doesn't do enough. No. There's a So like I just I was looking up the original Koth because uh, I remember playing that in the the jewel decks I had, which was like Koth versus Vincer, which I've still got actually. They're kind of fun. But like so that was a four Mana. Cost so same mana cost. Is that the one? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's a good card. Yeah, and so like his plus one was to untap a mountain, it becomes a four four. Four four. Mm. And then it didn't gain haste, which they would have done now, but you know, you play it on four, you untap one of the first three lands you played and you just bash. Or you minus two and add red for each mountain you control. So you're actually doubling your mana. So this cough is like you said, it is card advantage, but it's for it's only for basic mountains. It doesn't put them into play. It kind of doesn't get you ahead on the turn you're playing it. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I just don't know that yeah. it's going to do enough. I think this this card probably has more going on in the art and the storyline than in the text competitively <laughs> so <laughs> ouch no well no i don't actually mean that as a that that's not a you know not 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 a slight on the card but if you look at the art on this he's got a big mace thing right so it's he's not called koth of the mace right it's mm-hmm. koth of the hammer in his previous thing and it's it's a you know it's bright blue so i don't know what's going on there that's obviously like a plot item if you like that koth is carrying um, mm-hmm. So interested to see what that means storyline. Um, he's got the head or a piece of armor of something in his hand. So you know, Koth of the resisting something, and he's won at least a fight. Be interested to see what that is. If you look at the fire, those like flaming things that are whirling around him, exactly the same mm. as Jaya, who died. That right. That, that's but- what Jaya does. Um, so I don't know if they're from the same tribe or anything, but here's the big one. And here's my big prediction. Have a look at his left shoulder. Have mm-hmm. a look at his hair. Mm-hmm. Think about Mirrodin and the Volshock. Volshock Sorcerer, Volshock Prodigy, Volshock anything. Mm. That molten flesh with the, you know, the, the bits cooling of it, that, that 
is very much- Well, that's what he looks like in the original as well. Yeah, but- Like he's got the lava hands and arms and things. So, but y- you know he gets completed, right? Uh, oh, no, I don't. I didn't know. So, there you go. So, so yeah, that that's just- Sorry, spoilers. Spoilers. Um, that's a, that's a, a known piece of information. Okay. So, there's they actually- didn't resist for very long. <laughs> no, he, he tried. Yeah. Uh, there's actually going to be 10 Planeswalkers in this set. Okay. Um, it sounds like so you got a bit more of an arc than poor old Dak Faden. <laughs> yeah, and Vincer, <laughs> who they just murdered. Um, Vincer's had, like, multiple cards and a Planeswalker. That's and then, true. Like, that's true. Uh, sacrifice his spark to do a thing. And then, yeah, anyway, it was, yeah. it's got a whole storyline. Um, but, yeah, apparently there's going to be five... Uh, Planeswalkers completed. So we're going to see like Veraska, Nissa, Jace, I think the Emperor, um, like Wandering Emperor. I think they, I can't remember all of them, but yeah, I saw there's a list of 10, and apparently, like, yeah, half of them are going to be completed in this kind of arc. So it will be interesting to see if there's a way to uncomplete them because I think people are a bit upset about Tamio and Ajani being flipped like that. So I suspect that. Veraska will get completed and Jace will be all sad and work out some way to undo it all so they can go hang out on Ixalan again. Yeah, probably. Yeah, he can get anyway, his- and Enough speculation. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. We, we've got more cuts. We, we do have. Uh, yeah, we've got a couple more actually. So I thought there's mm. only five, but there there is a sixth. So uh, we've got a someone who might make it into another commander deck here for me as well. So mm-hmm. Slow Bad Iron Golem. He's red and a two for a three-three. He's a legendary creature, Phyrexian Goblin Artificer. And Slowbad has tap, sack, an artifact, add an amount of red equal to the sacked artifact's mana value. Spend this only to cast artifact spells or activated abilities of artifacts. So a bit of a uh, ritual for artifacts, if you like. So mm-hmm. yeah, things like Ica Wellspring. You know, we're going to get a card off it as well as get the mana back and all sorts of things like that are, uh, are pretty cool. Um, it's a three mana, three, three that you can activate once per turn. Like, yeah, it, it might be a role player in, in a commander deck. I don't think it's going to really see play outside of that unless there's, you know, whenever you sacrifice an artifact, you may pay X and do something or whatever. Um, mm. You know, we'd have to have a very specific niche uh, interactive synergy uh, for this to be good, but yeah, it's a uh, you know slow bad. The Goblin Tinkerer and friends has uh, mm-hmm. rocked up from time to time, and you know maybe they're just going for the nostalgia of you know this guy also gets completed. So yeah, it's a uh, uh, not overly excited by this card, but it's kind of cool. The art's pretty funky. It's almost Warhammer like. Uh, yeah, he's built himself a, a giant suit of armor to fight the Phyrexians. He's a but Phyrexian. Now goblin. he is a Phyrexian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So unlucky. Yeah, sucks to be you. Like they don't they didn't call yeah. him slow good or fast good, did they? If he was fast good, he he'd be okay. So yeah, um, but yeah, that that card's kind of medium in my book. Um, what do you think of the last one here? Interesting. So this is Jaw Cadine, first Gold Warden. So this is red, white for a legendary creature, human rebel. Are we going to see the return of rebels, Chewie? Is that mm, what's going to happen? Maybe. 
This is a 2-2 with Trample, and it says, whenever Jaw Kadine first Gold Warden attacks, it gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of equipped creatures you control. Then, if Jaw Kadine's power is four or greater, draw a card. So, the staff-looking thing looks similar to what Koth's got. It does. Um, it's... His hair's kind of funky. It's some pretty cool-looking art, actually. It's like a... It is very cool art, yeah. Yeah, it's like a lo-fi kind of thing. Look great in foil. Um, mm-hmm. Good commander. Yep. We might see the return... If if not Rebels, perhaps we'll see some more equipment and and we'll see, yeah. a, you know, a, yeah. a red-white uh, equipment list. So and, and that's kind of what we're missing at the moment. You know, we have seen some coloured equipments in... In recent times, but uh, clearly with like Amber Cleave and stuff like that. Uh, but there's been individual this, equipments. Uh, it does, yeah, correct. Yeah. And and it's just been a long time since we've we've seen that kind of effect on a wide scale. Yeah. So I think some equipments were probably a bit too good. So they they shied away from it. And now we've seen a lot of like subpar equipment, like, well, like sort of fire and ice and. Imazal's Jitte and obviously Skull Clamp, you know, they they went hard with it. Um, then we got like, what was the one that was, it gave the creature like landfall, got bigger. Can't even remember what that was called. And, mm. and that was like medium playable, a decent limited card. But, you know, then we've seen like outliers like Embercleave where like, it's just a good card. It's not good because it's an mm-hmm. equipment. It's an overrun, right? Yeah, so it's, it's a... Fireball. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we have seen cards in the past, like, um, I think of, like, Loxodon Warhammer and, you know, Bone Splitter at times has even seen play, particularly in Limited, but... Yeah, I, I think, you know, a repeatable pump effect and I don't know if you ever played Limited back in the day, but in, like, 8th edition, I I first picked a Loxodon Warhammer and I mm-hmm. second and third picked a Phantom Warrior, blue, blue, and one... <laughs> Two two unblockable. Can't be blocked. Yeah, 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 yeah. I won that draft. Uh, yeah, so, I'm not surprised. So yeah, good, good in limited. Um, but you know, we uh, like sort of fire and ice. Jitte, obviously, skull clamp. You know those ones I mentioned. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty oppressive in uh, in you know standard etc. And even mm-hmm. when they tried to fix equipment by vehicles, you know, we still got as well. So I I wondered if you know, the vehicles were the future rather than equipment. But this maybe says that they're going to return back to it. And, you know, it, I think if they, they could get the balance right, having, you know, having to equip creatures uh, means you've got to have creatures or that's an inherent weakness. But if, yep. if the equipments are good enough, then it might lure people into playing it. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm interested to see this. So the card itself, like cool art, uh, I, I'm happy it exists. It'll go in my red-white equipment commander deck. No worries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll contemplate having it as my commander at some point, I'm sure. But it's a, uh, you know, one of those things where it's a, like, it needs to be good for other stuff, and this is a fifth card spoiled. So um, it's cool, but is it any good? No idea. So, yeah. Pr- pretty much, yeah. There's inherent weakness. And, you know, our... Interaction suite these days is cheap and efficient. Exactly. Like two mana two twos don't stick around like you used to. No, so. and they need to have a bigger effect. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And like this, like sometimes draws a card, right? A two minute two two that sometimes mm-hmm. draws. It's not that easy to cast. You know, it, it's red and white specifically. So, yeah. No, because you've got to have two other creatures that have got equipments on it. Yeah. When it attacks to trigger that. So, yeah. Uh, feels like a tall order. Anyway, so we will see many more cards in the next. Well, we'll have the whole set well and truly by the time we, we come back again. But. You know, over the next week or so, I expect we'll get most of this set now. Yeah, they'll come thick and fast for sure. And it looks cool. Um, I'm excited. The Phyrexians are, I think, kind of awesome um, big bads to have. Uh, I really like them as villains. Yeah, they, they're they nostalgic for people that, you know, know them from, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day. Uh, they're, they're new and fresh. They're exciting for people that are new to the game. Like the, it's the right time to bring them back. I think it's uh, from yeah. a design, uh, you know, game design perspective, story arc perspective as well. I think it's good, and I, I think they're, you know, they're interesting and powerful. They're iconic enough each on their own without being too dominant. I think, and I like what they've done with kind of drip feeding them like we got Vorinclex and then we got Jinkataxi and we've got you know the us and and now we'll wait for it complete the set of Phyrexians uh uh with with this set so we didn't just get a set where they all got dumped together so each kind of had a chance to shine and it got to build a story arc and 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 things like that so um and and build a bit of like mystery they've been doing this for quite a while now yeah 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 which which I really enjoy you know not just kind of making it all about the one thing because we saw this from the even although back to the shadows block where we had like uh Ulamok and Kozilek for a while mm. in the two sets preceding Emrakul and you know like we all knew Emrakul was coming but you know they're like they were spoiled in the cards and the the next in the prior set and it's like oh you know they always come in three or whatever it is and all that sort of stuff and it was like oh this is cool yeah this is foreshadowing give, and so, give people like as soon about. as we saw Vorinclex show up like 18 months ago, whenever yeah. that was. I was like, wait, why is there just a random Praetor in this yeah, set? Yeah, what's Literally going had, on? It, was, it just had no other context at all. It was like, did they just make a mistake? And it was like, oh, that was a really cool way of, of kind of starting this whole arc. So it'd be, I'm, I'm excited to see kind of how they wrap this all up and whether, yeah, the completing can be undone or, you know, maybe Khan will figure something out. I don't know. Maybe it's just time to- Quite invested. Maybe it's time to just kill off some characters and create some fresh ones as well. Like, I know that some people will be um, upset, you know, if their favorite Planeswalker, well, they're not dead, but they kind of are, you know, they become a Phyrexian and then get defeated or, you know, maybe, maybe they win. Maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe Dominari is done. They don't win. They don't win. Come on. I don't know. It'd be interesting. They're, they already killed Mirrodin, man. They're not going to kill Dominaria as well. Oh, that'd be interesting. Be a talking point. This content creator would give us something to talk about. So, yeah. <laughs> it would, yeah. but come on. They're the villains. They can't win. That's not how it goes. Oh, gotta give- this game's made in America, man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's uh, disappointing. <laughs> so, it'll be, I don't know. It'll be a, a, a good. So, like, we talked a lot about. 40k uh a yeah. little while ago and um the commander from the 40k chaos deck abandoned the spoiler uh he every time he comes out of the eye of terror to attack the imperium they they call it a black crusade and on his 13th black crusade he uh managed to take 
uh, an imperial military industrial world called Cadia and kind of destroyed it. And the that planet had some ancient devices that nobody understood, which kept the Eye of Terror from spreading across the galaxy. Uh, by destroying that planet, by literally like breaking the crust of the planet in half and like wiping 99% of the population, the Eye of Terror was able to spread. So there's now, instead of just like this like single like maelstrom of chaos, literal chaos in one section of the galaxy, there's this rift that goes like right across the galaxy. So the Black Crusade was defeated ultimately, but they've done irreparable damage now and and stuff so i I think that's a good way to say the bad guys lost but they Mm -hmm. also won in in a kind of different sense so um so maybe we'll see something like that where we you know we'll just see some you know they're not just gone and done and and everybody's happy emrickle's imprisoned in the moon all okay it's uh you know there's actually a a tangible thing in future sets that is uh, represented by the damage that things do. So that would be good because, you know, yeah, I'd be, I'd be up for a that. lot of times and a lot of that, and sorry for any American viewers, but as a consumer of American pop culture and particularly movies, you know, people kind of have this like absolutely traumatic event and, you know, world ends and then they beat the bad guys and they dust themselves off and everybody's happy and like, that, that it all ends with a neat little bow yeah yeah and that's just not how it works right so uh, it'd be nice to see if there's some um some scars hmm. yeah oh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. scars i i see what you yeah, did yeah, there yeah, yeah. nice <laughs> <laughs> all right so that's that's what we've got for the new cards and it's it's pretty much all we've got for the cast mate i don't, I don't know that there's a lot more we had on the ticket to talk about. The only thing I'm excited about that we haven't covered off is there's an arena yes. open this weekend. Yes, that's it's right. It's limited, which is exciting, mm-hmm. but it's cube arena cube limited. Oh, mm. so I'll be playing some amount of that over the weekend for sure. So uh, really, really excited by that um, as a, as a prospect and something that if they did that once a year, once a year, you know, if the like set releases and schedules and stuff line up, yeah, really cool. So if you like Cube, uh, which you should, uh, you know, and you've got the the time and the uh, in-game currency for it, highly recommend it. The the Arena Cube mm-hmm. does include some alchemy cards, uh, but also the non-alchemy version things. Like I'm four one in a cube at the moment. Somebody played a Seeker's Chariot against me. And it was mm-hmm. a Seeker's Chariot. It wasn't the Alchemy Diversion. So, oh, yeah, cool. it was, yeah. But there's, I, my deck's got Displacer Kitten in it. So, yeah. Uh, awesome. Oh, yeah. I, I've, I've got three clones, uh, Ephemerate, um, a couple of bounce effects, uh, and a whole bunch of comes into play abilities. So, um, there's a screenshot in our limited Discord of me with three Mind Flayers in play. So, there's the Mind Flayer, which I'd Ephemerated when they tried to kill it. Uh, but then I play Glasspool Mimic and mm-hmm. um, the other clone, the Phyrexian, the artifact one. You can pay Phyrexian. Metamorph? Metamorph, yeah. Yeah. So, awesome. like, I, I stole their Shieldred with Phyrexian Metamorph. Oh. It felt good. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's the sort of stuff that I'm going to be doing this weekend and, and I'm really excited by. So, 
Yeah, if you like the sound of anything that I just said there, please play some cube. It, it's awesome. Uh, and yeah, if uh, if you're feeling spicy on the weekend, uh, play in the arena open because uh, cube's awesome. It is indeed. Uh, one last thing actually that I remembered is the Explorer Anthology is live now. Uh, this one looks pretty good value, actually. Uh, it's like 25,000 gold, but you get playsets of all of the cards. And there's a whole bunch of staples that will um, see immediate play in kind of all the colors. I think blue was the only one that just didn't get much at all. Okay. But uh, all, all the other colors had some some really solid pickups. So you can spend, I forget, it's like four or 5,000 gems, I think. But, you know, gold is usually the easier thing for most people to spend on that. So if you've got 25 grand, it's probably worth doing. They, they will see play, and particularly cards that will... That, that are in Pioneer and see play in Pioneer as well. So as as we kind of build towards that, these will be uh, cards that you'll want. And it's the most cost-effective way to get into them rather than spending wild cards later on, which is kind of the only way. So they're, they're usually up for a little while and then they, they take them off the store. So if you're not sure, go check out what is available, but I would um, probably snap that one up. Sounds good. I'll jump on right now and get that done because I haven't done that. Love it. I guess the only thing left to say is just a huge thank you to everyone, you know, particularly after last weekend. But this whole year has been, I mean, easily the biggest year we've had in terms of everything that we've done, but also the engagement from the community and everyone that's been involved has just been just unreal this year. Like, it feels like we're not just, the first couple of years felt like we were just kind of setting up and getting our legs underneath us a little bit. And this year has really felt like just a really strong year of building the community and getting to know people. And it's just been awesome. I've had so much fun and so many good chats with people from the leagues and just, you know, in the Discord, you know, I mean, we're all in there kind of every day. And it's just a huge thank you from the beans because the reason that we keep doing this is because of the feedback we get, right? We love talking about magic, but if we weren't getting anything back, we, we probably wouldn't be 155 episodes in, is is the reality here. 100%. So thank you for yeah. listening, and, and thank you for hanging out with us. It really does kind of make our day, and, you know, we just are still <laughs> perpetually blown away that, you know, we get to do this and, and people are engaged with what we, we're producing. So, so thank you, and, yeah, I can't wait to do more tomorrow. <laughs> And then next year as well. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So I echo everything that um, that you said there, Cracker. It's been awesome. And, you know, we've gone from having, like, random people, strangers that we interact online with to, like, having new mates, right? Like, there, there are mm-hmm. a, a number of people that I, uh, yeah, actually count as mates. And even, you know, there were people traveling through Melbourne and things on... Um, on their Christmas holidays and we're trying to like let's get go out of our way to hang out even if it's just for a coffee it'd be great to see you in person random internet person who plays magic but I talk to via our discord right and so I'm, I'm keen to hang out with those those guys and all the people we hung out with in Sydney and everyone who has been involved in our our leagues you know whether you've been involved just you know very recently or you've been here from the start uh, absolutely appreciate you know, your involvement, uh, everybody does things in the right spirit and the, you know, the community is, you know, attracting the type of people that I want to play magic with. So it's a, 
it's an amazing experience and I have no plans on stopping yet. So really excited and it's been an awesome year and I can't wait for next year. It's going to be hopefully bigger and better again. Yeah, well, hopefully we, we get to do just kind of more of what we dabbled our toes in. I know we've got plans for more paper streams now that we've kind of got that set up you know, sort it out. We want to, you know, play more Commander and, you know, get into more Pioneer and stuff. I mean, playing in paper is just so much fun. It's kind of just rekindled me in the last couple of months, just the amount we've got to play and just like how good the game is in person is just, it kind of puts, <laughs> as, as good as Arena is, it just pales in comparison. So I'm definitely keen to do more. We've got plans about expanding what we do into YouTube and things. So please, you know, like you know, come see what we're about and, and what we're doing. And yeah, we just appreciate it. And if you Speaking would like- of things we appreciate. Yeah, sorry, if oh, you'd like yeah. to see a Magic Beans event, hit yeah. us up in our Discord. Yes. And also the next RC is in Melbourne, the start of March. It's not that far away already somehow. So, you know, if, if you're interstate, we would love to see you. If you I mean, from, from wherever, you know, we saw a bunch of people in Sydney- only a month ago and I mean that has to be the highlight of the year for me yeah 100% without question and so yeah March is already rapidly coming up on us so if you've got any inclination towards coming to do that please please do absolutely all right yeah awesome yes massive massive thanks to to Pat and everything that he's done for us this year you know it's kind of more all the time and you know, like he dropped like 40 something subs on the weekend and things. And just the support that he gives us is is unreal. And it lets us give it straight back to all the awesome people. So thank you to Pat, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Please, please go and check them out. I mean, we, we talk about them all the time, but it's because we use their service. Like we legitimately believe in everything that he's doing is just great for Australian magic. So thank you to, to Pat for the support that he gives us. And please go check out, you know, the, the win at nows and, and the auctions that he runs tirelessly. And they will continue throughout the break because Pat doesn't know how to stop. So <laughs> thank you, Pat. We, we really appreciate all the support that you give us. So go check them out. Uh, otherwise, if you want to see anything else we're doing, Discord is the best place. Otherwise, we are magicbeanscast.com has links to everything, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all those kinds of places you'll still be able to see us. Uh, if you want to check out me on Twitter, I am at Joelhill underscore and Chewy, you are at Chewy MTG. Have a very safe and fantastic holiday season and we will speak to you next year. Thank you.